Welcome back to Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. We didn't scare you off last time. Hopefully not. Hopefully you subscribe now and this is kind of an automatic thing onto your phone and you're listening right now on a bus. You've been waiting all week for this to come you out. have. I feel really sorry for you because you haven't listened to us for seven days. Or maybe they've just been listening to the first one on repeats. See, I already I have. I've listened to it on repeat just constantly. I really liked how uh, that went. I, I, I like the sound of my own voice. I do as well. That's something we have in common, Daniela. One I, of many things. Yeah. My name is Jed Shepherd, J-E-D Shepherd. And I'm Daniela Phillips. Hello, Daniela Phillips. Um, thanks very much for joining us again. I really appreciate you spending the time on listening to Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. Um, I think we've definitely settled on that name, Smegheads. Um, the Red Dwarf podcast. Um, I've, we had to put the Red Dwarf podcast bit in because so it's easy to find on iTunes and and other podcast things. Um, it's a good name though, isn't it, Smokeheads? It is a good. It doesn't name. make us look like we're idiots or something because Smokeheads is quite derogatory. Oh, in, in an, we're using it in an affectionate way. Yeah, that's good. You know how like some people call themselves by certain words because they want to claim that word back. <laughs> That's like us. You're, ag- claim- you're going into dangerous territory here again, Jed. I'm claiming smegheads back. Smegheads is a positive word. <laughs> I'm going to start calling. I'll be like, "Hey, smegheads," to like my friends and stuff. Please don't. I'm going to. I'm going to say to you, "Hey, smegheads," every time I see you. Um, okay, so the second episode, the second episode of Red Dwarf season one is called Future Echoes. Wow! Like I said, last week, I was blown away by. Um, the title of the f- of the first episode. Do you like an episode title? I love it. I think it, it says a lot. And it's really hard to come up with episode titles. So the first episode was called The End, which rocks my world. The second episode, Future Echoes, when I was little and I watched that, I was like, what the hell is this? Did you think it was about uh, the dolphin adventures? Or... I thought it was a dolphin adventures. Yeah. Echo the dolphin, the yeah. movie or something. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, so I like to try and work out just because I was like maybe read like the newspaper and see the the name of the of the uh, title of the episode come up and be like what the hell is Future Echoes? So in my mind, before I've even watched the episode, I would have come up with a whole story. I was like, okay, Future Echoes, um, something about being lost. The spaceship crashes in a canyon and they're shouting and they can hear um, the echoes back, but the echoes are from the future. That's what I was. Thinking. I don't think that would have been a very good episode, Jed. It wouldn't be a good episode. And that's why I didn't write this particular episode. It's a good did job. You? Yeah. Um, just, just in case you didn't know, I didn't write this one. Um, and it's, it's kind of, this one's hard sci-fi, whereas the first one was pretty kind of sitcom-y. Um, and this one's hard sci-fi. And if you're not a kind of hard sci-fi fan, I don't know what hard sci-fi is. I'm, I just keep saying that word, hard, hard sci-fi. You might get lost in this episode. There's a lot of science. There's a lot of science there is a and lot. a lot of fiction in it too, um, which is why it's called sci-fi. And um, whereas we met our jolly group of characters in the first episode, this one just throws them straight into this adventure of epic proportions through space and time. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah, space and time. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. And um, so this is where we get the first time Holly does a recap at the start. Of it. It's got a recurring theme in Red Dwarf. We're at the start of the episodes. Well, season one and season two, anyway. It's good to have a recap. It is. I do you like a recap because it's good that he does that. Because some people, it was, it was before like Netflix and. Um, some of these episodes were before they were released on, on VHS, obviously. So you need to kind of remember. And, 
what happened last week. And also, you might have missed last week, and there was no way to watch it unless someone recorded it um, on VHS, which I did. See, I didn't have this problem because I watched it for the first time on VHS, so it went from one episode to the next. But on on the VHS, there was only three episodes per VHS. Oh, really? It was so annoying. You had to buy, had to go to Woolworths um, and buy two VHS just to get one season. Two VHS, and they weren't they weren't cheap. Not when you're like a kid. They were like, I'm pretty sure season one, the first three episodes was tw- a twelve ninety nine video, and then the second half of season one was fourteen ninety nine. Wow! Just imagine as a kid, it's a lot like, of pennies. I'll get, I'll, yeah, if you had twenty five quid, you'd be stuck. You could only get the first the first uh, video. Um, so yeah, remember Woolworths? Wow. That's a future. That's a is that a future record? That's a past record. Do you think they had Woolworths in uh, Earth in uh, Red Dwarf? I think, in th- like we spoke in the, in the last episode, in three million years' time, it would just be Woolworths. Yeah, it's come back in mountains a big of way. Mountains and mountains of pick and mix. It's my dream. <laughs> and uh, so, just to set the scene a little bit, um, Lister appears again. Our hero, Lister, appears riding. Kind of like a trike, kind of a kid's trike with like the American and English and British flag on it, just riding through the tunnels all by himself, singing one of the most annoying songs ever, the Ganymede and Titan song, which he sings, I think, four or five times in this episode. Oh, really? They really try to drive it home. That, you really hate that song. Oh, Ganymede and Titan, yes, sir, I've been around. That song. Beautiful voice. <laughs> but there ain't no place in the whole of space. Yeah, he sings it a million times in this episode. Um, and we just see him going up to a, uh, a a food machine. And one of the most laziest writing tropes of any sci-fi writer is making electronics talk. So we get the talking food machine. It's, I think it's lazy. I quite, I'd quite like my food machine to talk to me. I think I don't think that's going to happen in the future. Why, why would your food machine talk? You don't need it to talk. Well, I guess it's, you know, it's, pre- it's pretty lonely up there. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because actually in, in episode one they weren't talking. So maybe he's turned on Siri for, for episode two because he was getting, yep. getting lonely. Siri, bring me chicken soup. Yeah. Oh, I would love it if um, Siri would do that. I've t- I, always t- I got a new iPhone 6 Plus, which is kind of awful to be quite honest. It's, it barely works. Um, is that because it's as big as a laptop? Well, basically it, won't, it is as big as a laptop, as big as Red Dwarf, and it won't bring me chicken soup no matter how many times Rubbish. I ask it. Um. So we see him having a conversation, and actually, the uh, chicken soup machine mentions something for the first time. It mentions scutters. I like the scutters. Yeah, and do you know what? In in episode one, there was no such thing as scutters. They were called service droids. They were. Did you have that fact written down? I I did have oh, that fact good. written down. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're called uh, which is the scutters. That first one, and scutters. they and they have a very good union. Yes, they do, because. Uh, I was, uh, we used to, in my school playground, back to just school playground again, but this is when I watched Red Dwarf. We, scutters were something else. Scutters was what we used to call like dirty girls. <laughs> or like ugly girls. A scutter? Yeah, we used to call them that. We used to, oh, Where did you go to primary school? On Red Dwarf. Okay, in the okay. We like, oh, that girl's, she's a scutter. We used to, and like, it was quite a surprise to see it. In I was, I was, I was quite a mischievous child, as, as you can, as you can tell. Um, so uh, we hear the word scutters first, and scutters become some kind of um, 
they're one of the other characters in Red Dwarf. You have the humans, you have Cat, and you have, in the future, you have another robot. You have Holly. But the Scutters are a character in itself. And I think a lot of people have affection towards the Scutters because they're basically pets. They're the pets. Now that um, Lister's pet has evolved into a humanoid-type creature, Scutters are the only kind of like pet-type creatures around. I like the Scutters. Uh, they're, they're a bit similar to uh, Doctor Who's uh, K-9. But, yes, uh, yeah, they yeah. are. I, get, I mean, this BBC, they rip themselves off a little bit, <laughs> which is cool. But I guess if, if you're making a sci-fi show, you're going to have to put little robots in it. Uh, yeah. And, but it's really cool because the Scutters moved around of their own accord and stuff. It's really cool. I like the Scutters. They're really, yeah. Um, though, yeah, I think I, we should bring back that word Scutters to, to mean um, a horrible girl. And um, we see Rimmer run past him, pretending to do lots of exercise, because Rimmer likes to give off the... To portray himself as someone bigger than who he is. He likes to portray himself as cleverer than he is, more manly than he is, and who... Uh, yeah, so basically he's pretending he does lots of exercise. He's in peak physical shape. Yeah, and to be honest, supposedly. He's, not, he's not in terrible shape, but I'm thinking, he's a hologram. Does he really need to get into shape? Surely he could just say to Holly, Holly, please give me the body of a bodybuilder well you don't eat anything do you no you could eat holographic food i guess Mm. is it holographic or hologramic because one of the writers of red dwarf i think it's doug naylor i saw an interview with him and he called it he called rimmer hologramic really but i think he got it wrong so i'm correcting you on your own uh tv show there um uh, Doug Naylor. Um, but yeah, so Lister, he um, kind of annoys Holly by forcing him to do things for him. So Holly gets revenge by giving him a beehive haircut, which kind of suits him. It is, and uh, it, it perplexes me what, how he doesn't notice that amount of hair. I mean, I have about See, half that amount this of is hair. The, this, is what, this is what I realised. I was thinking, he doesn't, even, he doesn't even check that he has the right uniform on. He doesn't check he has the right haircut um and then when he goes into the um bedroom and into the quarters there's a massive mirror there he doesn't even look in the mirror so what i'm thinking and i've got i've made a note here i'm gonna be like do holograms look in mirrors are they like vampires so they perhaps don't have a reflection yeah but do they have reflection but they do because we find it later on yeah so why didn't you would look in the mirror wouldn't you maybe maybe he was trusting yeah, but for someone that's so insecure, oh, maybe that's why he didn't look in the mirror, because he was so insecure. Maybe. Because insecure people like to kind of make themselves feel a bit bigger. Um, and you find a lot of bullies are, are insecure, that's why they're bullies. So I think that's why he's he's a bullying type of character. Um, so maybe that's why he didn't look in the mirror. But he does get to look in the mirror um, later on in the episode, which we'll come up come um, to in a minute. What I wanted to say, did you notice something about um, that scene um, where he first appears with, uh, with the beehive to Lister? Because I, this is the first time I noticed it today, when I, when I watched it earlier, is right next to the mirror, there's a Polaroid of Lister carrying the two babies. This is before that you, you find out about it later on. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So what we know later on, if, if you're um, eagle-eyed, um, you can see there's a picture quite plain to see of Lister carrying two babies. But when you first watch it, you, there's no way you're looking around Lister's room. But I look around Lister's room quite a lot because I like to see what's in his room. Yeah, what's I see the posters. posters yeah, yeah. The zero-G football posters. Um, 
So that was quite cool, noticing that for the first time. Um, and Lister tells Rimmer at that point that, um, reveals to him, in fact, that he's decided Earth's going to take three million years, so he's going to go back into stasis for those three million years and get woken up instantaneously to him when they're back at Earth. Which kind of sucks for Rimmer, really. Kind of, but does does Rimmer actually like Lister? That's the question. No, but I guess it's better to spend time with your enemy than it is to just spend time by yourself. That, that's very, very deep. Is that true? Let me let it's me poetic. work this out. Is it better to spend time with your enemy than it is to spend time alone? At least you can play play backgammon with them. Or... Backgammon. Yeah, break out. Break out a bit of backgammon, Scrabble. I've never played backgammon. Oh, it's a great game. Is it a good game to play with your enemy? It is, because you can beat them. Follow-up question, do you have any enemies? I do. Do you really have enemies? I do. Who who is your enemy? Oh, I couldn't possibly say on this podcast. Do I know them? No, you don't. Oh. Have I I got any enemies? I don't think I have enemies. A lot of people recently have attacked me online. Really? Is is why why have they attacked you? Um, they don't like how, in a short space of time, my labels kind of got quite big. That's it, really sad that people cannot revel in your success and want to put you down. It, well, I think the thing is, if it if it was on the other shoe, I would totally be in their their side. Yeah, you should so you should support other. Labels. Artists yeah. and labels. I release, and I release like mostly like cassette tapes. Um, people, it's, that's a hard sell to most people anyway. But like, like last week I released a tape for the Prodigy, and when that got announced, people on this particular music forum were like, "I've sold out." We're saying that I've sold out. Um, so those people are my enemies. <laughs> I find because they're against me. I don't think I've sold out. I I I, I think I would name a hundred other people that sold out before I would use that term to describe you. Exactly. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Maybe I will bring you back as a hologram. Oh, thanks, Jed. For, for a few minutes, just so you can say nice things. And play backgammon. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to play backgammon. Um, so, so Rimmer, like you say, he's going to be by himself for three million years. But, he's a bloody dead. He's a bloody hologram. Does it even matter? What does it matter to him? It's quite boring, though. But he could just be... Ter- what He wasn't... He thinks Holly's not going to bring him back. That, that's why he was mm. like, so upset. But um, and why would you as well? And he would have to be stuck on the ship because it's, it's Red Dwarf that's powering Rimmer, I guess. Though um, maybe in, in Earth in three million years' time can carry hologram to wherever they go. Who knows? Well, I guess in, in, in future seasons of Red Dwarf, um, the hard light hard light holograms appear. So where you have a physical body as well, yeah, instead of people passing mix through. it up a bit because there was um i think it's in this episode where there's a bit where um rimmer does a, a del boy where he forgets that was in the first episode where he forgets that he's a hologram and leans against a table and falls through the table like del boy <laughs> but whereas in <laughs> only fools and horses it's the funniest thing ever um in red dwarf it doesn't get a laugh so how come silence so how comes he doesn't fall through the floor yeah, that's one thing. How come he doesn't fall through the floor? And how comes his like light bee that's inside him, which powers his hologram, how comes his light bee can pass through things as well? One of those, one of those things. I guess we'll never know the answer. Exactly. We don't want to get too hard. This podcast isn't for like diehard sci-fi fans. This is for the people. It's for everyone. 
We're the voice of the people. But you do realise that people will say that me and you are selling out by doing a Red Dwarf podcast. Are we getting paid for this? No. But I reckon at some point we'll be fully paid members of the Red Dwarf casting crew. Well, that's the only reason I'm doing it. Yeah. I I genuinely think me and Daniela should be in the next season of Red Dwarf. I don't mind being some of the main characters, like two cool people get on board. Like Holly goes, oh, by the way, way, guys, um, I forgot to tell you, there were two cool people in another room that was just locked. And then we appear? And then we And then we appear. Busting some moves. We bust. We bust some moves. And be like, guys, we've got an idea how to get back to Earth. I think we should roller skate in, actually. Yes, because it's the future. It is, and that's how. And like Cliff Richard does in that Wired for Sound video, the future's all about like roller skates and stuff. It is indeed. Yeah. it's the only way to travel. Actually, you should never really summon up Cliff Richard on, on, on a podcast. Dark times. Yeah, I was going to say my testicle fact of uh, do you have this a, week. Do you have another <laughs> testicle fact about Cliff Richard? <laughs> Sadly not. I think in that video for Wife of Sound, there was a bit where he falls over and there's testicles aplenty. I, I don't think Cliff Richard has testicles. But I think it, he's smooth like a Ken doll. Is it because he tried to wire them for sound and it just went wrong? No, I think he's just asexual. It's a sexual what? Asexual. <laughs> so... Um, so holograms can't look in mirrors. <laughs> um, and uh, so Remus having to deal with the fact that Lister might go into stasis for three million years, leaving him alone. Um, and Rimmer isn't too happy about that. And then it kind of cuts to the classic Red Dwarf scene, which is if you ever see anyone on TV mention Red Dwarf um, and they want to show a clip, they always show the clip of Lister getting the deodorant and shaving cream wrong and putting deodorant... No, putting shaving cream on his arms, uh, on his armpits, and spraying himself in the face with deodorant. And he just carries on. He just carries on because it's funny. Doesn't phase him. It's physical comedy, which is something that's sadly a lack of in, in um, today's sci fi sitcoms. Yeah, you don't get a lot of visual comedy these days. You don't. Um, well, well you, do, you do when Red Dwarf comes back. Yes. And we'll be the physical comedians of the new <laughs> series. That's, that's exactly how we'll sell it. Um. And yeah, so you get that scene. But then you also get the um, scene where, so Lister's shaving. He finally got the shaving cream on his face and he's shaving. Um, and he looks into the mirror and what he sees, just making sure, yeah, what he sees is um, a future echo. He sees himself from possibly the future, we don't know at this point, um, moving in a different time zone to him. How do you explain a future echo in the mirror? I'd say he sees a picture that's not a reflection of what's going on currently yeah. at that point in time. It's him from another time zone, slightly in the future, of him cutting himself shaving. And the thing that I still remember to this day about that cutting himself shaving scene is how much blood appears. There's so much blood. When someone cuts himself shaving, you get a little kind of you get a little kind of cut and it bleeds a little bit. With him, it's just a mass of blood immediately, like he's burst an artery. So what I'm thinking Maybe is... Maybe he's anemic. Oh, no, that's the opposite, isn't it? You haven't got blood. <laughs> you haven't got blood if you're anemic? I don't what's know. The, what's the one if you've got too much know. blood? What's the opposite uh, of anemic? You're a vampire? Pro- no. Um, anti-anemic. Uh, he's got too much blood in his birth. You can't nose. clot. Your blood can't clot. What is it? You are a reverse vampire? I, I, I think we'll just go with that. Yeah, but he cuts himself. So what makes me think, like, in the future, like, razors are, like, you know, at the moment, like, razors, they, they have more and more blades. In the future, you, you don't have multiple blades. You just have, like, one sharp, sharp knife, which you just stick into your chin. 
and just blood pours out. Um, so he um, calls out to Rimmer and says, and says Rimmer, 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 there's something wrong with the mirror, basically. And um, Rimmer is, is confused at what happened because he's, he doesn't really take Lister seriously at the best of times. So when Lister's proclaiming to see something a bit unusual in the mirror, he doesn't really believe it. But then we see Rimmer has a reflection. So. Yeah, well, everything's back to normal at that, at that stage and the mirror is reflecting what's happened currently in space and time. That's true. So uh, at this point, we just don't know what, what's happening with this. It's um, very confusing for a little kid to watch this um, and to go into school. And to my friend Raphael, who I used to um, give synopsis of each episode to him every Friday morning, I think, because he wasn't allowed to watch Red Dwarf because everyone else had curfews besides me. And it's like me. Daniela. Yeah. So I used to have to come into school and tell all of the other kids what happened in Red Dwarf. But it was really hard for me to explain to the kids what Red Dwarf, what this episode of uh, Red Dwarf was about. Because how do you explain future records when you've got the vocab of a nine, ten-year-old? It's hard for us to explain it now, really. It's hard for us to explain it now. I I don't know what's going on. Um, So I was just like, oh, yes, he was seeing, like, future stuff happening. Um... So we, at that point, um, we see for the first time another mechanical object start to speak. The toaster. The singing toaster. What, and what was the point of that toaster? Was it just to just show in the future things can talk? Who, who would want a singing toaster? A complete psychopath. You want a toaster that makes toast. Exactly, and that's his argument, but it doesn't just make toast. It has artificial intelligence, and it speaks, and it, it can have a conversation. I guess if, in the, if, you're, if you're by yourself, um, you're not married, you're, you're elderly You're or a bachelor. Exactly, and all you have to last human alive. I guess having a, a talking toaster might come in handy. I don't think I would like it. But what can you, what can you say to a toaster? you say to a toaster, oh, how was, how was your day? Oh, well, um, kind of just sat here and uh, made toast. toast and uh, that's it, really. Kind of a waste of artificial intelligence because I can't move. I haven't got any legs or wheels. Just sit on this table watching uh, you walk past every few seconds. Um, it's quite a sad life for these machineries, for, for, for these machines who all have artificial intelligence, not being able to kind of use their artificial intelligence until later episodes, actually. And why? Why can a toaster talk and the scutters, who have much more to do around Red Dwarf, the more useful, can't talk? They seem more intelligent, don't they? The scutters? Yeah. But why can't they talk then? Exactly. It's just bizarre. I'm with you on that one. Maybe someone can tell us um, why the scutters can't talk when everything else seems to be able to talk. So, Holly, who is... I don't... Did we explain who Holly is? Holly is the ship's computer. Um, The head. Yeah, it's a floating head, eight bits, kind of graphically challenged floating head. Um, An IQ of 6,000. IQ of 6,000. 6,000 PE teachers. Um, Reminiscent of um, Hal from the 2001 Space Odyssey film. But less murderous. Less murderous, uh, in this episode at least. And um, it's just a floating head, uh, played by Norman Lovett, um, very deadpan. He's a great Holly. 
He's a great Holly. He's probably the best Holly. He's my favourite Holly. Of all of them. Um, and he explains that he's going crazy because they're travelling at light speed to uh, get back to Earth as quickly as possible, but it'll still take three million years. Um, and he just can't take it anymore. Um, and it's just like, you've got an IQ of 6,000 toll. Why? What's the problem? And he's like, well, you, you, you try to do it, Lister. Um which is which obviously he can't it's fair, fair comment. It's a fair, it's a fair comment to be honest that's a fair comment um but the thing, the thing is why in the first place red dwarf had like a 1000 odd crew why were they necessary when holly could control everything now with only like one person aboard what well, was holly um as sophisticated uh then though was he in the first episode you're right in the first episode he wasn't as sophisticated because he his jobs were very set in stone but he's been alone for three million years so he's he's developed he's evolved he's been watching the cat cat society evolve um and he's he's learned to tell jokes and stuff and be a bit more feisty does watching cats make you more intelligent yeah. Okay, I'm going to get me some cats. You, get, you had some ducks recently, didn't you? I did have some ducklings. A family of ducklings yeah. just appeared. Which is crazy. I thought I was on a reality TV show. That was weird. So they appeared like on your like balcony bit. Yeah, three more, three more appeared the next day as well, so I had six of them. That's crazy. And without their mothers, just, just appeared there. Yeah. How did they get there? Because they can't fly. Who knows? Balcony. I live on the fourth floor of a, an apartment building. And, and six ducklings just appeared. Yeah. I think a duck must have come along and, and laid some eggs somewhere and they just hatched. But how did they get... I don't understand. Well, a duck they must have, have been brought there. A duck must have flew up and laid some eggs. And you didn't notice a duck going back and forth bringing six ducks to your... No, uh, but I have a neighbour in a balcony, so it could have been on one of those they probably balconies. Have to, yeah. Yeah. Because if you left it long enough, say three million years, you could have a duck man. Uh, what, like Howard the Duck? Like Howard the Duck, basically, but more human-esque. Howard the Duck freaks me out. would be like Cat, but with a beak. I wouldn't like that. If, if, you, if you could have any animal evolve three million years into a humanoid-type person, so it would be a person, but with animal characteristics, which animal would you choose? Sea otter. No, but then, I knew you would say that. Sea otter. But the reason why you wouldn't want Sea otter. That, they would live in, live in water. Sea otter. They'd be awkward and try and bite you, and they wouldn't be as cute as they are now. See, I would want a bird, any kind of bird, because... Birdman. Yeah, it'd be a birdman. It'd be a, <laughs> a birdemic. It would be a big <laughs> bird, but so it'd be a man that could fly, basically. Is this the uh, plot uh, for Birdemic 3? Is it's this, is this a exclusive from <laughs> Jed Shepard, producer of Birdemic 2? Yes, that's what happens in Birdemic 3. Now, Birdemic 3 is... Um, I probably can't say this, but it's... Um, going to be set in New York. I thought it was in London. No, New York. Um, yeah, and there's a reason why it has to be set in New York. Um, 9-11. Okay, so there is more things happening in this episode of Red Dwarf. Um, so, while Lister's are seeing this future echoes, it's just, it's just the early kind of future echoes, so nothing too crazy has happened yet. I think he just thinks he's uh, imagined it. So. Exactly. Um, so it's just a little bit crazy, but you get that being in, in space. Some certain thing, crazy things happen. And uh, in the meantime, Cat is getting ready to go to space as well. Because obviously he wants to go to Earth as well. Check out some of those ladies. So how he gets ready to go into status, status into stasis is to get all of his suits ready. He's bringing like dozens and dozens he's and got dozens t- of He's suits. got ten rails. Ten rails of suits into stasis. Of every colour you can possibly imagine. Because at first I was thinking... 
okay, so I can understand what, what I can kind of understand why he'd bring that because the suits may decompose over three million years and whatever. But when the fashion change, exactly that's the thing. He'll get back to work. He'll be wearing his snazzy suits, and they'll be like, "Hang on, how come you're not wearing like oxygen clothes or?" I mean, it's uh, sea trousers. It's twenty years uh, since it was filmed. And the fashions have changed now. Exactly. No one is wearing, like, leopard print blazers anymore. No not, not in public. No. I mean, I'm wearing one now, but that's just a coincidence. Yeah, you, d- you dressed around. up for the podcast. <laughs> it is. And you, you've obviously uh, got really tight disco pants on and... Uh, well, just because it's a Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Kat's getting ready and, and um, so they kind of plot plan is to get them into stasis so three million years later they'll appear and just be heroes and back on earth um but that doesn't go quite to plan um because lister then goes into the control room and sees rimmer acting quite weirdly he tries to have a conversation with him and rimmer is like he's having a another conversation with someone who's not there i really like this scene i think this this scene is really well acted I think Chris Barry is awesome in this. He's yeah. really good. He is good. Though he does, when he's repeating some of the words, he gets it wrong a little bit. Does he? Yeah. I'd, see, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. I because I've watched like a, a billion times, I've noticed it. Um, where, where he says, you're space crazy. One time he says, you are space crazy, I think. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, so, but but the, the thing about that scene that kind of gets me, where we see that um, Lister is going through a future record himself, as Lister says, so Rimmer says, I've just been in the library. But no, he hasn't. He's just come out of the, the captain's office, which we've seen in episode one. He, he comes out of the captain's office and says, I've just been in the library thinking. You haven't. You've been in the captain's office. when there's no other doors in there. There's no other route to the library. No other route to the library. Unless he went to the library first, then went to the captain's office, hid around the corner then kept to think, and then, and then come around. Another massive plot point, Red Dwarf. Never mind, how am I meant to believe this, that this actually happened, if you're getting things like libraries and captain's offices mixed up? Daniela is looking at me like, Jed, you're totally right about what you're saying right Daniela's now. Daniela's looking at you like you're crazy. <laughs> but like, it's, um, for anyone who's watched episode one, you would notice that he hasn't just come from the library. I just think it's... I didn't notice. see. It's, I just went with things. it. I went with it. See, I'm on is, board. See, this is the thing. Like, when you are in a, a situation that's unusual, there are certain people you want with you. If you say, for example, I'm not one of them. I wasn't going to say. <laughs> but if you, if there was, a, for instance, if there was a zombie apocalypse, I'm pretty sure I'd be effing awesome in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I'd I want. Would, I'd want you on my team. Yeah, I I, I would say to people hang out with me you'll survive we'll get food i know the rules you, you'll be fine same if there was a runaway train you would want me if there was a run, runaway train and i was on it and you weren't i'd be worried yeah um, you should be worried <laughs> are you gonna set that up <laughs> so if i was in if i was in uh, three million years in the future in deep space the last man alive i would want me around if, if that happens to you... I think I would want Stephen Hawking around. He is... He would be an absolute liability. <laughs> because he'd be like, Quick, Stephen, there's some aliens running after us. Okay, Jed. I will be there in just a sec. <laughs> he'd blow up. 
<laughs> so you wouldn't want him there. I would want someone really fast with me. Ah, oh, see, I, I'm I'm equal all for equal opportunities. Not in a space life and death situation. You don't want any. You have and, no, take no prisoners. You don't want anyone with a disability with <gasps> you. Like, for instance, not being able to run. He could be fast. He's probably faster than me. That is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd want him as kind of a helper, like on a, on a hologram screen or something. But not there in the flesh, kind of helping me climb up lift shafts and stuff. Um, well, let's hope he never comes to that. No, but it might do. That's the thing. Like the way my life's going, I might be a situation. I always think I want to be in a situation like Die Hard, where it's Christmas and I'm stuck in a building and it gets taken over by terrorists. Literally, I do think it's going to happen to me at one point. I'll be in a building, there'll be terrorists coming up and I'll be, shit, what, what do I do? What do I do now? Do you hang around tall buildings at Christmas time? I do. And Japanese. Wearing, ones, wearing vests. Yes. And, and wearing no shoes with glass all over the floor. I do that all the time. It's going to happen one of these days, and you will want me there. I don't want you calling the police if you're in that situation. I want you, Jed. It's 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 happened. It's happening. Activate, activate, activate projects. Red Door Podcast, and I will be there, and I'll sort sort it all out. Um, so um, <laughs> where are we? So yeah, so there's the future record going on where Rimmer is repeating the situation, and Lister's going crazy, and uh, Rimmer's like Rimmer's kind of shaking his head. He doesn't believe away. him, does he? Which, but of course, Rimmer's not going to believe anything that Lister says because Lister is a li- he's a liable to himself because he doesn't know he's a bit of a slow he doesn't know what he's doing he's not good at his job. At least Rimmer tries. He's mm. useless at everything he does, but at least he tries and he makes the effort to try and, mm. and do stuff. It's not until uh, he sees Cat mm-hmm. going for a future echo exactly just sees it for himself. Yeah. What does Cat do when he runs down the corridor? He's broken his tooth. I've lost my tooth. I've lost my tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like what and then they go into their quarters and cat's in there um trying to fish out the fish i'm gonna get, i'm gonna eat you little fishy <laughs> i'm gonna eat you little fishy um and he's trying to get and he gets caught red-handed trying to get the fish so he pretends that he's not trying to eat the robotic fish because earlier on we see lister fixing the robot fish that's how we know it's robotic McCart- mccartney McCartney, Lennon's fine, but McCartney's broken. Lister fixes him a screwdriver, but that's just to, get, to give you a sense of um, place, and it's one of those things where you know later on it'll be, will come in useful. So, Cat um, pretends that he wasn't after the um, the fish, the robot fish, um, and then Holly explains the situation with the future echoes, and he says um, it's because they're travelling at the speed of light and the. Future records happen because at the speed of light, you're travelling faster than... Is that true? Travelling faster than time? Yeah, they, they, broke, right? they broke the uh, light barrier early. Yeah, is that so true? They're so they're out of kilter, so If you go faster than the speed of light, do you go faster than time? I think there's nothing faster than the speed of light, so I would say yes. Because I thought the speed of... Time is like astrophysicists out there can correct me, but uh, there isn't actually there isn't a thing as a a speed of time, is it? So like one second every second. Yeah, but light's faster than that. See, see, this is why. In case you don't know, we're 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 not physical. I'm trying to think back to Interstellar here. Yeah, what did I learn from Interstellar? That behind every bookcase is like a whole alien dad world. Yeah, your dad, your dad is is loitering behind the bookcase. Yeah. It's weird because there's a bookcase in here which is like full of tapes and in the office 
And I reckon my dad, even my dad, or your dad's behind that bookcase, just freaking out, making my making my watch go. Uh, up my and dad's down. too tall to hide behind it. It's quite a big bookcase. Yeah, Maybe he's, it's horizontal. He's six foot three. Is your dad six foot three? He's six foot three. Wow, that's, that's, that's a big dad. That's that's one of the biggest dads I've ever heard of. Yeah, he's a big dad. He's yes. a good dad. Big dad. Um, and the um, Holly explains. Uh, the kind of mechanics behind the future echoes happening it's kind of long and convoluted and this is why it's a hard sci-fi episode um but basically you see into the future you see little yeah little bits yeah yeah um and then that's when they notice the uh polaroid of listed with the two babies on the wall which i noticed earlier on guys but i didn't you didn't but see this makes me think that in this situation you'd, you'd want me around i'm very I notice polaroids and walls. You snoop. I'm not, I don't snoop. I'm just aware of like this thing I do when I go into buildings, new builds for the first time. I check out where the fire exits are just in case. <laughs> do you do that? It's very important to do that. Yeah. And also, when you're in hotels, don't um, go in a room above the third floor. What? Because um, what about when you're in Vegas? You get a low room. I think it's no, maybe it's the tenth floor because um, the fire engine ladders can only reach up to the tenth floor. So if you're stuck in a burning building, you're not getting out if you're above that. that. That's a good life fact. It's a good life fact. And if you learn anything from a Red Dwarf podcast, it's when to, uh, it's how to survive burning buildings. This podcast could save your life. It could, and it probably has. The fir- if, the, if the first episode didn't save your life, this episode would have saved Guaranteed. your life. Guaranteed. And, that, and that's the Daniela Phillips guarantee right there. Yep, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> okay, so um, they noticed this photo of Lister with two babies. And obviously, Lister hasn't got kids. He hasn't got a Kachansky. He hasn't got a girlfriend or wife. He hasn't got, he hasn't got kids. So he's like, how did I get two babies? Um... And he looks at Rima, which is quite worrying. He looks at Rima, which is quite funny. Later on in a, in a future episode of Red Dwarf, a female version of Rima appears. So maybe, maybe, you never know. Um, and also, of course, there's Rima World and there's where you see... I don't, I don't remember all this. Episodes, I can't actually. wait, I can't wait. Every other episode has got a female version of, R- of Rima in it. Maybe, um, maybe Chris Barry just likes to dress up. He does, and to be honest, he makes a pretty good woman. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I might go watch that again later. Um, and they <laughs> on your own in, in the privacy of your own in home. Privacy of my home, just watching. And I might do some uh, um, photoshops of uh, Rimmel wearing dresses. Just worrying. It's quite good. I do. Yeah. I do sometimes get girls to put H's on their heads. Okay, changing uh, the subject. They, <laughs> so um, and then, like at that point, we hear Lister just start singing the Ganymede and Titans again, just out of nowhere. Ganymede and Titan. Yes, sir. I've been around. Do you like that song? Do you, I don't I know, know all the words. I don't know. Um, and uh, it's because um, when this was on the way to Stasis, um, the Scutters hand him a note saying, please don't leave us alone. I with know. So it's a really themselves. sweet moment. Well, they don't try and kill themselves, but they're just banging their heads against That's the wall. So, so these Scutters who have, they're, they're quite useful people on the ship in general. They do all the menial tasks. Now V1's gone. And they have the artificial intelligence to be able to value or devalue their own lives and they still can't talk but a toaster can that does nothing it doesn't make sense if i was writing the news okay let's just get down to the nitty-gritty now if i was writing the new season of red dwarf the first thing i would do is um not have talking machines in it maybe we no but maybe we could be the talking scutters you and i we should be the talking scutters (laughs) Well, they should be. I would give at least one scutter the ability to talk and just be like, guys, 
I've, oh, we could talk the whole what, time. What, like Penn and Teller? Yeah, and the reveal is, I could talk the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. Like, like in The Sixth Sense when you can see dead people. That's Spoiler. That's the reveal. Spoiler. So, um, this guy's trying to kill themselves, smash their heads against the walls. Um, and then Rimmer just appears and says he's just seen Lister die in a future echo. In, in a the- pretty hideous way as yeah. well. We and, don't find out, but... Yeah, and in what room did they did they see him die? In the only other room in Red Dwarf that we've seen so far, the drive room. There's only a few locations. There's the drive room, the corridor, and their, and their like, sleeping quarters. That's all we've kind of seen so far. Um, I'm not sure what the budget was, but it can't have been that much um so um obviously we think that it's a future echo it's happened and there's no way of changing it and it's the questions room like did you actually see my face and it's like well you were wearing a hat you were in that red t-shirt it was definitely you and lester's like oh no but then lester has a bright idea and to be fair it's one of the kind of only clever things he, he's done he does in the first season he's like so we, we saw a future echo where the cat broke his tooth if i want to save my life um, and prove that my fate isn't um, set in stone. If I prevent Cat from breaking his tooth, then I can prevent myself from dying. Yeah, if Good you can change, change the course of history. Do you believe in, in fate and everything's predestined, or do you think you can change your fate? I actually believe um, in fate to some extent. I think that there are certain things that are mapped out for you, but it depends on you and how you get to that. And what? What do you mean it's mapped out for you? So like There are you... certain things that are gonna happen to you in your life. Like you're gonna you're gonna meet someone when you're twenty five or yeah. you're going to um move to Aruba or you're gonna die when you're eighty. Rom-coms. I have. Did you just watch Serendipity or something? No, I hate that film. And I think it's it's <laughs> John Cusack. <laughs> yeah. Um and I think it's up to, it's up to you how you get there. I, I I don't believe in any of that, but I do have to admit, I saw a psychic once. My friend's girlfriend was managing a, a psychic, a psychic, an Irish psychic who's blind called Sharon Neal. Wow. She's quite famous. And the BBC tried to do an expose on her, um, weirdly, and they couldn't expose her because she figured out all this stuff. It was really creepy. But Not like Derek Cora. No, not like Derek But this is like, I, to I think this is the first time I've ever told anyone this. Right, so... I was like, oh, okay, as you're managing her, I'll, I'll go and see her. So, like, my friend's girlfriend, uh, who he's no longer with, said, okay, meet her in this hotel room. She didn't see that coming. <laughs> well, this would. So, I had to meet this psychic in this weird West London hotel room. And I was like, well, okay. And she's blind. So, I get into this hotel room. I sit on the bed. And she sits on the other bed. There's two beds in this. It's psychic. And uh, she takes my hand. And then she has a tape recorder as well. So she's like, I'll tape this so you can listen is, to is it. Is this a sex story, Jess? It's not a sex story. Good. <laughs> that would be quite weird. Um, but um, she starts telling me the future, my future. I'm not going to go into details now. But first of all, she, she, she said, what happened in my past? She was like, you were in this car crash when you were like this age with your friend and your friend got injured. Were you? Yeah. And I was like... I was did, to, I was thinking, did your friend know this? That I was thinking maybe someone told her and blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, and this happened. I was like, this is, t- I mean, I'm, a, I'm the biggest skeptic in the world. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Um, but she, she told something close to the truth. And then she started telling me my future. And this was like 10 years ago. And do you know what? Some of the things she said were not generic, were very, very, very specific. And some of them have come true. And it makes me wonder, am I just really gullible? 
or or something weird going on? I had my palm read once, and okay. uh, the palm reader said I was going to become an astronaut. So make wow. your own mind out. Have you got your money back? And no. Well, it's not too late. I guess it's not too I'm late. I'm 32. I'm a Astro- spring chicken. This has almost been an astronaut, because it's like we're on Red Dwarf. Yeah. It's a Red Dwarf podcast. Maybe this is going to kickstart my, uh, my I, career. I think um, one of those kind of like garage um, people who, who build spacecraft, like Project X, whatever it's called, SpaceX, you're going to hear this and be like, that Daniela Phillips, she would be good in space. Let's put her in space. She would be good by herself in space for like three mm. years, whatever. Oh, I read something today where some wife... So this, this guy's wife has volunteered to go to Mars. It's like a one-way trip. Mars? Yeah. To be on a, on a long-haul space trip I didn't think they were uh, going to Mars. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think about six people, maybe more, volunteered a one-way trip one way. to go to Mars. Wow. Yeah. Um, and she has like two kids and like, they're quite young it's as quite well. It's quite sad. Can you imagine? Yeah. Your mum would rather go to Mars than see you grow up. To myself, just because I think it'd be fun. As long as I could kind of report back to Earth every now and again how I'm doing. I think it is like fun. interstellar. It is, yeah. I think it'd be quite fun. I think I'd be good at it. As long as I've got like an iPad with me or football I think Wi-Fi wouldn't be very good out there. Is Wi-Fi not good in Mars? No, no. The first thing I do if I get to Mars is ask the Wi-Fi password. Yeah, what's the, Straight what's the, what's away. the password? But I think on Mars they've still got dial-up, which is... Um, quite annoying okay because um, how would I upload to Instagram when I'm a mask that's crazy um, okay so they are um, this guy's trying to kill himself Rima dies in a future echo yeah. and so they go and run yeah. run to try and save Cat from breaking his tooth stop him eating a goldfish yeah because McCartney exactly because they figure out that that's how he breaks his teeth by biting a robot goldfish so Lister runs into the quarters sees Cat about to eat McCartney jumps on him and in the process smashes his face into the table uh, and breaks his tooth therefore making the future echo come true because Cat runs off saying my tooth my tooth um and that all oh, that kind of like just makes you believe that you can't change fate. Yeah, that's what this. That's what Red Dwarf is saying. That fate is predestined. What's going to happen is is going to happen. Yeah. But the funny thing is, all of the things that that happen in this episode isn't continued on in future episodes of Red Dwarf. Like, it's not. No, like I mean, there are elements with the kids and stuff, but um, like you don't see like an old. Lister. Maybe that can happen in a future episode of Red Dwarf and old Lister coming back. Anyway, you get, um, they figure out there's nothing they can do and uh, fate is predestined. And Dave gets pretty upset about it. Uh, h- how do you mean? He gets pretty upset. He uh, he talks about how he's never had a prawn vindaloo or he's, he hasn't read a book. He's never read a book. Never yeah. read a book. And that's when, when Holly kind of says, Dave, there's a problem with the um, drive plate or the navigation something some sci-fi thing some technical problem please report to the drive room which is the scene of the death of um in in that future echo that rumor scene so yeah. obviously Lister's thinking this is it my time's up but if he's gonna go he's gonna go down fighting he's gonna go down fighting so he grabs a metal bar he's gonna rip some nipples off he's gonna rip some testicles off i think oh yeah death's testicles off so he goes there He's fiddling about with some kind of spectrum-looking buttons on a really flimsy-looking kind of... Sparks fly. Sparks fly, and he's counting down to one. And he he fixes it, and nothing happens. He's safe. He's safe. But then Cat appears, because he's obviously pissed off that he broke his tooth, and he bites his uh, 
leg. Dog attack. Quite homoerotic, really. It was. I mean, I wasn't turned on that much. How, how how much of a percentage? Seven out of ten. Uh, oh, what? that's 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 quite. Not high. for me, no. I, so, well, sitting me. next to you, I didn't notice. <laughs> no, I know. I did try and uh, hide it quite quite a lot. What a gentleman! <laughs> I know. That's what people say about me, Jed. He hides his arousals. Such a gent. <laughs> Such a gent. Um, some people call me Gent Shepherd by accident on in Starbucks. I can see how that would happen. Um, so they realise that um, it. It wasn't fate, and maybe you can change destiny. But then they go back into the quarters, and who's there to see them? Old Dave. Old Dave. Do you remember how old Old Dave is? 171. 171. With long white dreadlocks as well. So it means in the future, you can live a pretty pretty long time. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to being of that age, actually. It also means that... He he can't die because he's seen himself at the age of 171, and you know fate's predestined. He could he could literally open the airlock and get blasted out into space, and he would know he would survive because he's seen himself. Or at would the age he? Of, yeah, because everything that's happened in the future echo happens. So he could literally he could cut his throat, poke his eyes out, um, kill himself. And he would know that he would still live to the age of 171. Though, at that age, he had a robot hand, if you noticed. I didn't notice. His right, well, his right hand was silver. It was either, either a glove or a robot hand. Which kind of plays into something that happens in some of the later seasons. Oh, don't give it away. Yeah. Um, so I think that was quite interesting. Would you like a robot hand, Jed? Yes! Would you have a left or right robotic arm? Well, I just... I read an article earlier on today about a guy whose hand was chopped off in a in a, um, an accident. In, Ouch. In, and um, how they saved his hand is they grafted it to his leg. And they left so it he had a, a he had an arm growing out of his leg for a while. He had, he had, yeah, he's had a hand up to the wrist growing out of his leg um, with all the blood vessels intact. How did he wear trousers? Apparently they fit like a glove. <laughs> <laughs> so like, he um yeah so he had it attached after three months once all the blood's pumping through and apparently it works fine um but Good i for him i but i would take if i ever had a limb chopped off i would take that opportunity to embrace the technological advances of the 21st century people are having robot arms left right and center i watched that special olympics and the c- things that people could achieve with it's amazing arms. Yeah, amazing better the better than the normal um arms and legs the, the speed you can get and the things you can do. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, Good if, for if you. To, Good if, for you, if Jed. If I was on a runaway train that you've organised and somehow my hand gets chopped off, just sign me up for a robot hand straight away. Well, that's why you should obey the signs at the windows that says don't stick uh, arms or heads outside Unless you the want window. a robot hand. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's something I'm looking forward to in the future. So he sees this uh, old man Lister, and old man Lister says, um, "That wasn't you that Rimmer saw die in the drive room, Dave." It's another good um, impression of an old Scouse guy. Top, top quality impression, Jed. He good, um, and it was it's your son Bexley, um, because Dave's named his uh, was always going to name his son Dave and Bexley after. Um, G- Jim, Jim and Bexley. Bexley I have to correct Jim, you there, uh, Jed. <laughs> After Jim Bexley's speed, he's obviously a member of the um, uh, London Jets zero G football team, which uh, is uh, Dave Lister's favourite uh, zero G football team. And we see a picture of him with um, Jim Bexley, Bexley's speed. And he wears the t-shirt. He wears. I really want that London Jets t-shirt. I've seen it on Etsy, and I want to get it 
for the next podcast maybe um and uh rimmer's rimmer's obviously very interested in what happens to him in the future in in like 140 years time so it's like if i tell you now lister um to tell me in the future what happens to me then you'll remember it when you're 171 and tell me so the 171 year old man lister rimmer come closer come closer rimmer gets close and then he laughs and he disappears and he trolls even at the age of 171 he trolls lister for the last time Yep, doesn't really stop. Cool. But then he also says, Lister, grab a camera and go down to the medical bay. What accent am I doing there? What accent is that? Lister, go down to the medical bay. Portuguese? Go down to the medical bay. <laughs> Portuguese <laughs> Irish? <laughs> yeah. So Lister grabs the Polaroid. Luckily he had a Polaroid hand- handy. Goes down to the medical bay. Um, and he sees himself appear out of the medical bay holding two baby boys, Jim and mm, Bexley. Where they come from. Exactly. And we, um, because where, what woman is it with? Or is it a woman? We don't find out Test later. Test babies. Yeah, maybe it came out with testicles. Who knows? Um, and that's kind of where the episode ends. And we don't really get any answers. It was just like a series of things that happened with no conclusion and it kind of ends. Very random. And I would, and you'd think, oh, okay, they're going to explain that in the next few episodes about, about this feature records. No, not really ever That's explained it. again. That's it. Um, but feature records is one of those, um, I remember in the 90s, I used to get the Red Dwarfs magazine. Uh, I had a subscription and I was in the Red Dwarf fan club as well. And, so cool. <laughs> and in the Red Dwarfs magazine, they used to always do like best episodes of Red Dwarf ever, like polls. Almost like every, every um, I think it was fortnightly, um, which is the best episode. And Future Records was way down there in one of the worst Red Dwarf episodes. Oh, I quite liked it. I'd like some explanations. And, and uh, you know, may, maybe we'll get them with the new series. Well, I, because I, I kind of know, the, because I've read the books, I know the reasonings behind all of that you do get some of the answers in, in in some of the seasons upcoming but you don't get all of the answers you don't you don't find anything about the 171 year old guy um you don't find ever find find out about bexley re- really and the how he managed to be on red dwarf at the age of 25 and he dies that, that doesn't really come back um and looks absolutely identical to his father looks identical wearing, well, no, his, I don't know if, wearing, wearing his father's clothes yeah, that's bizarre. That, I, I wouldn't wear my dad's clothes. He's six foot three. He's a giant. He's the BFG. <laughs> that's the BF- Daniela's dad's the BFG. And he hides behind bookcases, blowing dreams into people's ears. Um, Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah. We, we, it never went to trial. Um, so, yeah. That, that was, what did you think of that episode in general? I liked it. Yeah. I, I liked it because I know there's so much more to come. There's so much better episodes to come. And um, so it's only uphill from here, really. Yeah, only ways up, baby. Exactly. So I want to thank you again for listening to Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast, episode two, Future Echoes. Um, I hope that you are enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying uh, doing it. Let us know. We're on Twitter. We're on Twitter. What are you on Twitter? I'm at Daniela with one L Phillips. That's so awkward. Your name's so awkward. Is Daniela the normal way to spell Daniela? It's the normal if you are European. Oh, and it's that Americans do double L's. No, it's the English that do double oh, L. Really? Yeah, oh, wow. pesky English. So Daniela with one L Phillips. And how many L's are in Phillips? Two. 
your name is the most I'm mixing name it ever. up. One okay, and I'm Jed Shepherd, J E D S H E P H E R D, Jed Shepherd, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, on Instagram, your name's even harder. It's Danica. Daniela Monica Phillips. Yeah, I throw an extra name in there. Yeah. So if you want to like see what we look like and what we post pictures of and what food looks like and, and animals and stuff, check us out on Instagram. Uh, we will see you next week where we're doing not the greatest episode in the world. We're doing balance of power next week i can't wait and actually you get to, to know a little bit more about um well we'll, we'll keep that till next week because i don't want to spoil it for you i don't want to we'll leave on a cliffhanger on a cliffhanger on that bombshell. On, on a testicle hanger <laughs> i want some more testicle effects next week i'll try and cut up a new one exactly so thanks for listening to smokeheads the red wolf podcast um and we will see you next week smokeheads bye i'm bringing it back smokeheads Thank you for listening to Smekheth the Red Dwarf Podcast. Smekheth is a production of Boast Pop, and you can check out the show notes and other stuff at boastpoppodcasts.com slash smekheth. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. See you later, Smekheth.